Greetings and welcome to the Uncensored Humanity Podcast. If you're new to the show, this is a long-form podcast where I sit down with guests and we just have a conversation. Now, these conversations are not scripted. They are raw and real. There's no editing. So wherever they go, they go. So hopefully you guys will enjoy the conversations as much as I know that I will. This episode is brought to us by Mike the Strongman. Are you tired of getting your training and nutrition advice from someone with only a weekend certification? And perhaps it's time to turn to someone with over 15 years of research-based experience. Mike the Strongman can help you with all your training and nutrition needs. Mike has a proven track record of getting results with his clients. Visit MikeTheStrongMan.com for more information or email Mike at MikeTheStrongMan at gmail.com if you're ready to take your performance to the next level. This episode is also brought to us by the Healthiest You Chiropractic Center. The Healthiest You Chiropractic Center in Strongsville, Ohio is dedicated to giving their patient community the highest level of healthcare. Their doctors have been trained on the newest and most innovative styles of chiropractic and rehabilitative treatments. From back pain to ankle strains, the Healthiest You has remedies for a variety of injuries. Are you looking to perform better in life and activity? Their team takes a wellness-based approach on health rather than only focusing on symptoms such as pain. Call 440-238-3338 or email them at thychiro, that's T-H-Y-C-H-I-R-O, at gmail.com for questions about becoming a patient. Now is a better time than ever to become the healthiest you. And last but not least, this episode is brought to us by CrossFit Strongsville. CrossFit Strongsville is a place where everyday people become heroes every day. Through qualified coaching, challenging yet modifiable exercise programming, and a supportive community unlike any other, members find a way to break through personal barriers physically, mentally, and emotionally. No matter what level you're at, from the very beginner to the elite, you'll find you receive great service from the moment you walk through the door, and we promise it will be one of the best hours of your day. Check out CrossFitStrongsville.com for more information and to sign up for a free one-on-one consultation with the owner, a 12-year veteran of the fitness and therapy fields. All right, folks, today's guest is Jeff Wilson. Jeff Wilson is a good friend of mine. I've known him for quite a few years now. Jeff has a background in law enforcement. He also does firearms training for police, military, and civilians. While he focuses mostly on police officers, that's probably... 70 to 80 percent of his clientele the reason i asked jeff on the podcast today was because i wanted to talk about gun control gun control is a huge issue right now with all the school shootings and the shooting out in vegas that happened a few months ago it's it's a big topic that we all need to talk about and luckily he has a lot of expertise in the field he's been out there he's been training he knows this from the police's understanding from the military's understanding you know, he's not just a, a gun-toting nut like some of these rednecks that are out there flapping and saying, you can't take away our rights, you can't take away our rights. So so Jeff's a very educated man, and I, and I really appreciate his opinion, which is why I wanted to have him on, and I'm definitely going to be having him on a lot more in the future. He wants to talk about training and what we can do some things with the podcast, and I think we're going to have a lot of fun. So he definitely has some guests that he'd like to bring on as well, people that he does classes with, some instructors. So I think that's going to be a wealth of knowledge for all of our listeners. So hopefully you guys will enjoy our conversation. Uh, Things were a little bit short. Uh, I had plans uh, that morning, and... uh, and Jeff got there a little bit late. He had something kind of come up at home. So we, we kind of got as much in as we could, but we kind of just scratched the surface. So I, I think you guys will kind of see what's going on 
once you get to listening. So hopefully you guys uh, enjoy. So sit back, strap in, and enjoy our conversation. Greetings and welcome to another episode of the Uncensored Humanity Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Hess, and I'm here today with a good friend of mine, Jeff Wilson. Jeff, how you doing? I'm doing wonderful, Matt. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, Jeff is a good friend of mine. We've known each other for a few years, and Jeff does a lot of uh, firearms training. That's kind of where I met him. Now, what's the uh, name of your company so I don't screw it up again? <laughs> uh, the name of our company is IOF. TWTG, and that stands for Instruments of Freedom Tactical Weapons Training Group. Okay. Now, you've been doing um, firearms training for how long now? This will be my 22nd year of training. Okay. Um, and you got started in the uh, police force, correct? Yeah, I started in 1992 is when I actually started my career. Uh, spent 10 years uh, from a local level to a state level to a federal level. Um, got to a point where I'm, I don't deal well with admins, especially people that aren't out in the field that see what you do, see what you're going through, but they make your decisions for you. So I basically, uh, stepped away from it. I've been around the boating industry all my life as well. So I kind of went into that. A very close friend of mine, Ed Atherton, if you remember who Ed yes. is, um, Ed had called me and we, we started shooting the breeze and he's like, Hey, I want to start teaching, doing this, this, and this. And Ed has a, a very colorful background as well. Yeah. But, uh, we started a company, um, I think it was 10 years ago, 11 years ago. And we, we started teaching mostly law enforcement, military broke into the civilian market about seven or eight years. So you and I have pretty much known each other for between seven and eight years yeah. because you were one Most of the of very first, you were one of the very first classes. Um, that had come through or courses that had come through uh, as a civilian. So uh, Ed no longer is part of the company. He ended up moving out to Arizona where his mom is, and uh, which is fine. Uh, well, good we, for him. we miss him, love him, but uh, we connected with a young man by the name of Ethan France and Steve Pendleton. And uh, we we formed our the new company, uh, Instruments of Freedom, Tactical Weapons Training Group. Very cool. Now, um, you started off. With the, with the training from being a police officer. Like, sure. How did you get into being a police officer? Uh, ever since I was a kid, that's I, all, all I really wanted to do is be in the military. Okay. And right before, I, I, the timing was impeccable, but it goes to show how young kids don't look forward in the future. Yeah. But uh, I was actually, went through my ASFAB. I was up in Cleveland. It was the day before I was supposed to sign the papers to go to the Navy because I wanted to be... You know, in the Navy, I wanted to be some type of special warfare guy. Um, grew up with firearms. You know, mom and dad taught me from a young age of the respect of firearms. And, and I just, I motivated from there. My father was in the National Guard and uh, my grandfather was in World War Two. Okay, so you'd heard kind of stories all your life. All and- kinds of stuff that just made you think, man, I want to be a soldier, a Marine, a <laughs> A Navy special warfare guy. I think a lot of boys go through that phase. I mean, not everyone, obviously, but but a lot of kids because it's 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 fun to think about. You're like, oh, I want to be a hero, I want to be a warrior, I want to yeah. do these things like you see on TV and movies, and you hear your people you love talking about the old stories and yeah. how, how great it was and the, and the brothers that they had. Mine was pure motivational because of the toys that the military got to use. Fair that was, that was my whole motivation. Was they got this, they got that, and and. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be able to have my hands on everything, whether it was explosives, whether it was firearms, whether it was, you know, mortar rounds. It didn't matter. I wanted to be able to to do that. Okay. Well, a day before I was actually supposed to sign my, I believe they called a letter of intent okay. to join the Navy. Uh, my uncle, who was a captain at the Sheriff's Department, Wayne County Sheriff's Department, said, we have a spot open in the uh, academy and it's yours if you want it. 
well, me being the short sighted, I'm like six months in the academy, you know, four to eight weeks with a field training officer. I'm on duty. Okay, I can go four years in the military, <laughs> get into whatever group I want. So within eight years, I'm actually operating. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like weighing out the weighing out the uh, the differences, and I chose law enforcement, which was which was fine. I uh, like I said, I have a very colorful career. Uh, I got to be embedded with a bunch of different military units um, with what I did, and uh, it just blossomed into this. And now I, I have more fun teaching over the last 22 years than than actually being actually an being an officer yeah okay. and uh you know we we actually helped build wayne county's swat team uh with joe copenhaver anything that he needed from me i helped and uh we donated a ton of time to them a great group of guys so it's it's like i said that's that is really to me is uh is a blessing now from conversations you know i you and i have had before you did a lot of training outside of what the police officers did on your own. Is that correct? Correct. Correct. Yeah, my first two years in law enforcement, you had to be in uh, you had to be in uniform for two years before you could go to a specialized unit. And the way I did that is work the graveyard shift, and my chief at the time, I would take him training. Hey, can I go to this? Can I go to this? And uh, what he did was like, I'll sign off on it and you can go, but we can't pay for it. It was such a, it's such a small village department that they didn't have the budget to, which we see that all the time now, even in large departments. Oh, we don't have the budget for that. Oh, we don't have the budget for this. Um, Give you a, a good example is the Federal Law Enforcement Training Center. You can have a department that has very good revenue. And if the guys want to go to training at the uh, Fletzy, as we call it, they don't have to pay for it. The department doesn't have to pay for it. But yet nobody takes the time to go do it because if they're not getting paid, they're not on the clock, yeah. they don't seem to want to do it. And I'm not – I'm not. it's just a different age, let me put it well, that it's, way. It's not even so much that. I mean, you look at that in any kind of stage of life. If, if there's training opportunities, it's fine. But if you're not working, you don't get to pay your bills. Right. And most people, I hate to say it nowadays, live paycheck to paycheck. So if you miss one or two, you're in trouble. No, and you're you're absolutely right. And, that, and, that, and that's one of the things I'm, I, I talk about is that – I had a totally different, you know, um, my focus was training, training, training. Yeah. Um, just like the, when I used to be in the gym all the time, we had, uh, a shirt that we had made up that says rents past due, uh, electrics past due, gas is past due, gym dues on time, yep. Yeah, yep. you know, so it was where we put our priorities and, and, uh, we giggle about that, but it was, that's kind of how it was. If there was some type of training and you had somebody like Larry Vickers or if you had someone like Bill Hackerthorn, um, those guys are legends in what we do. Yeah. And uh, I think most people probably wouldn't know who they are, but you're if right. you Google their names, a bunch right. of stuff will come up. Right. And it's just like Pat McNamara. Uh, people don't realize he is one of the original Delta Boys. He's coming up yeah. this, this summer. He's got a, a colorful background. We'll yes, say. he does. And uh, Mac's an incredible individual. Uh, but like you said, if you don't know – you Google him up and you'll be like, oh my God, that guy's insane. Yeah, he looks and a little crazy from his videos. Let's be honest. He's phen- oh yeah, he's phenomenal. Um, but he's coming up. And when I sent out my email blast to everybody from our, our company that we had Matt coming up in September uh, of 2018, it sold out within two weeks. Yeah. And every single person is LE, which I was, I, I, I had a grin from ear to ear. Yes. 
because you don't generally see that. You know, what most of us do is we'll go to the Ohio Tactical Officer Association Conference because it's $300 for a week of training, and you can take more than just one course. You can do, you know, three days of one, two days of another. You can do one, you know, five one-day courses. It's, it's really awesome because it's only $300. Most of the LE guys that go to it are actually uh, – they get paid for that. So they're not like you, like you had mentioned earlier, yeah. they're not behind. And, uh, it just, it's really a great organization, but these guys actually popped out a nice number for, uh, training. And, uh, well, that's kind of what it takes. Yep. You, you need to kind of push your skills and get uncomfortable and do things you don't really want to do. Absolutely. You know, and as I, I talk to a lot of people all the time where they say, Oh, well, you know, civilians shouldn't carry weapons, and this is bad, and they're not cops, and this and like, yeah, I get that, and that's all fine and dandy, but if you see what most, like, police officers actually have for training and their qualifications, most civilians I know are much more trained than the police You're officers You're 100% are. correct on that. Yeah, 100% correct on that. Which, which is a scary um, thought in itself. Oh, it is, and, and, you know, that, a lot of what we were speaking about earlier before we started this, you know, that's what people don't understand. Most people will go get their CHL. And then they're good to carry. No, no. What's CHL for our listeners? Okay. Some people don't speak our language. All right. True. Um, everybody calls it a CCW in the state of Ohio. The state of Ohio does not have a CCW. We have what's called a CHL, Concealed Handgun License. The difference between the two is CCW is actually a charge, carrying a concealed weapon. Okay. Okay. Um, Everybody refers to it as a CCW because that's what everybody's always called. Yeah, it's just the jargon people know. Correct. That. It's the jargon that, that everybody knows. And even even like if you go to our sheriff's department on the website, it says to do your CCW, uh, <laughs> you know, licensing. Here's yeah. how you set the appointment. Yeah, and because that's what know. people know it as. Because right? that's what people know it as. Correct. Absolutely. And that's that's one of the things that drives me nuts. Also, because it's like you have <laughs> these all these instructors that that will go get their NRA instructor cert, and then they they never take any other training, and they they. They don't know that they don't know if that makes sense, but uh, they'll call it CCW. We're going to do a CCW class in this, and and we kind of joke about it like, oh, they're going to teach you how to get arrested. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but anyhow. Uh, I mean, I guess to get right off into the weeds here, sure. like the whole reason why we wanted to sit down is because there's crazy things going on in our country right now. There's a bunch of shootings, but yep. at schools, at concerts, like out in Vegas, like that a couple months ago, there's all kinds of crazy stuff going on right now. Right. And there's a lot of uproar from people who don't really understand what's really going on, the issues and firearms themselves, and they're calling for reformation, and we got to ban these weapons, and we got to ban high like uh, round count magazines and all these kind of things right. that we need to do. Right. And it's most of it is just absolute hogwash. I agree. I agree 100%. The, the the biggest problem that I have with it is the fact that the people that are calling for all of this are uneducated Absolutely. about firearms. And I'm not saying that to be disrespectful. They just don't know. Yeah. Um, They've never been around them. They correct. don't talk to people who use them. They, no. They've they, been nothing. programmed to hate firearms and they, they hate the NRA and they hate this. And, you know, that's one of the things that really rubs me the wrong way is how the people are like, oh, the NRA shouldn't be donating stuff. Well, you know, people shouldn't donate to LGBT, you know, but yet we do. You know, when when somebody who's really far left or however gets voted into it, you don't see us in the streets boycotting and, and yelling and ranting and raving and being being just disrespectful. Yeah. You know, we accept it. That's who the people voted for. And that's that's what we do. And we go to the next election and then we either try and vote them out or not. But, yeah, getting into that, the uh, everything that's happening and they, they blame the firearm. 
Uh, I had a conversation yesterday at a uh, little restaurant where people who know that I teach come up and start asking me my opinion about what do you think about the AR-15? Do people really need to have them? And uh, I flat out tell them, I said, it doesn't matter whether they need to or not, it's their right to have them. And as we spoke earlier, the uh, it seems like people always want to say, well, the you know, 200 years ago when they were writing the Constitution, they they uh, didn't talk about these types of weapons. And then on the same same conversation, they'll say that, oh, the Constitution's an ever-evolving piece of paper, you know. Yeah. And it's like you can't have it both ways. Either, you know, the Constitution was written for this reason or it was to be evolving, and it doesn't work that way. So – that kind of drives me nuts about uh, how people think. Yeah. So. I mean, th- there's been a lot of uproar specifically about the AR-15 in general. And they're right. saying, oh, it's a military weapon designed for killing, and it's it's gas-operated, and it's low-recoiling, and it's high-capacity magazines, and accurate, and it's easy to shoot. And, oh my God, I, mean, I read this article a couple of uh, days ago that really just kind of upset me. Normally, I don't read this kind of stuff. I kind of stay away from it because I, I don't right. watch TV. Right. I, don't, I don't watch the news. I don't pay attention to that stuff because it's just most of it's just garbage. Right? Right. Most of it's all just. I agree. It's like, hey, just think the way we want you to think. Don't don't get all the truth. Just here's here's enough to let you believe what we want you to believe. Like, right. We'll kind of lead you down yeah. that path. So Guide I, you down the path. <laughs> usually just kind of stay away from all that. But right. I read this and it was written by an ex-army uh, uh, veteran, I guess we'll, we'll call him. And, and she wrote this article saying, hey, like I was in the service and I used this rifle and I qualified as an expert and they're easy to use and it's low recoiling and it's effective and it's awesome. But it's it's a mass killing machine meant to murder people. That's what it's for. We shouldn't have it. Nobody should have it. Like, okay, so that's all fine and dandy, but where do you draw the line? Okay, so, so some asshole decides to go shoot up a school or shoot up a concert or shoot up anything, right? Just an absolute freaking sociopath goes out and decides to murder a bunch of people, whereas most people obviously would never do that because, well, they're not sociopaths. But Well, let me ask you this. What were firearms, whether it is a cap and ball or an AR-15, what were they made for? Most of them were made to shoot a projectile. And Correct. A lot of them were designed, unfortunately, used by people to either kill something, right. like whether it be another person Operative or, or word food is or what to have kill. You. But the problem is it's just what the people use it for, right? right. It's, it's no different. Correct. But in this article, she, she – she, like put out this great argument of like, oh, well, this is great and we shouldn't get rid of them and they're, they're horrible for you. Like, okay, well, let's think about this. Okay, so some kid goes out and gets an AR-15, whether it be legally or illegally, doesn't matter, sociopath, goes into a school, starts shooting up a bunch of people. Right. Like, okay, so we're going to get rid of that. Let's say let's say we can actually get rid of all of those. Like, yeah. it's never going to happen. No, it's let's, not. Let's, let's not say we can happen. actually get rid of all of those, plus the high-capacity magazines, plus all these things. So now, like, um, he's going to just find something else and go and shoot up a bunch of kids with something else. Like right. they're going to find another weapon or a tool that they can use to do what they yeah. want to do. How about the kid that cut up 17 different kids in their, in his own school? Absolutely. And, and you know, there was loss of life there as well. Yeah. Uh, like there was uh, an attack over in China where some, some kids took in a bunch yeah, of guys. Yeah. And the rail system. They'll, they'll use what they can. They'll use yeah. a freaking hammer if they have to. It, it, is, it, it just doesn't tool. matter. So, so what happens like, okay, so let's say, yeah, the AR-15 is bad. We need to get rid of them. Okay, fine. We'll get rid of them all. Boom. Gone. Like what? What about my daughter's uh, Ruger 1022? 
Right. We bought it for her when she was 10. She knows how to shoot. She knows gun safety. She's really not interested. She shot sure. it a handful of times. It's just not interesting for her. She's been around right. guns all her life. She has zero interest. And I'm fine with that. Like, sure. Do what you want. Yeah. She knows how to safely operate it. I'm happy. She's like, educated. Yes. Just so, as I said earlier, so she's educated. I'm happy about that. So what happens is this same asshole gets a hold of a Ruger 10-22. Yeah, it doesn't matter. And puts a 30-round magazine in that thing and goes and mows down a bunch of people. Well, it's like, oh, now we got to get rid of all those. And it's like, where do you stop? When people, when people talk about the magazine capacity that that's another thing that kind of it makes me twitch a little bit yeah. because we've actually done programs where we'll get 10 round magazines for ARs and you can go through 30 rounds as fast with training as fast as someone who is untrained yeah. with never changing a magazine yeah, and, and obviously the, the big argument there is, oh, well, that takes training, and the, and the kids aren't going to do that. Like, well, that's fine, but if they're planning to shoot up a school. Yeah, so chances guess are what they're, they're going to go do. on freaking training. Yeah, absolutely, they are. I mean, they're going to know how the weapon system works, and they're going to go do what they want to do. People don't seem to understand that if someone has evil in their heart, and they are going to, I'm going to go do this. They're going to do it whether they have a firearm or not. Absolutely, they're going to do it with whatever means necessary. They'll do it with a car. They'll Absol- run over people. Well, was it down in North Carolina? Yeah. Absolutely. People, it seems like, and I hate to get so political on this, but it seems like the liberal left and some people just live in a bubble. They live in a dream world that is is so far from reality, it's not funny. They don't seem to get the fact that if someone's going to do something, they're going to do it any any means necessary. If they happen to have access to uh, an AR-15, they're going to use it. Yep. Okay. The The other problem that I have is you go out drinking, you drive your car. You kill somebody, they don't blame the car. They blame the driver. Yeah. If a suicide bomber goes in, bombs something, blows it up, whatever it may be, they don't blame the bomb. They blame the guy that did it, the bomber. Okay? They don't seem to get the simple fact you know, it's like uh, the little cartoon where the, 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 the baby has that look on his face and he goes, so you mean to tell me if we make AR-15s illegal like heroin... It's all going to go away. <laughs> there, there's a great example because there's an epidemic, especially Absolutely. in our county. Absolutely. Our county is really bad here in Wayne County, yep. Ohio. There's a bunch of people dying from heroin overdoses. Right. And guess what? It's illegal. They shouldn't be using them. That's but guess right. guess what? Assholes still find a way to use them. Absolutely. They still find a way to get them. So whether it's legally or not, unlegal, or not legal, like we talked about, um, because apparently this kid bought the, the kid in Parkland, Florida, was a I don't even want to say his name. Which, oh, who give, cares? Well, yeah, we, who we're cares? not going to give him the but credit exactly. because he's an asshole. Fuck e- him. Exactly. So he goes in, he buys it. Now, the guy at the gun store, if you looked at the pictures of this kid, and when I say look at the pictures of this kid, anybody has a brain in their head, there's something wrong with him. Just looking at him when he was talking, he did these little things on Facebook and stuff. There were 36 phone calls to the FBI, local law enforcement, state law enforcement. Nobody followed up on it. Yeah. But nobody's blaming them. Well, yes, and I understand that. And, when, and there's a bigger issue there because the FBI can get involved to a certain extent. I, I even heard that they had conversations with this kid. Like, they, like he was on the radar. But it's it's this isn't the minority report like the movie. Like you right. can't arrest someone for something they haven't done no, before. But there can be and I've seen this happen to where we did a we did kind of a little uh how do you want to say it? Like a little experiment where we talked to different gun owners and we showed them a picture of somebody and said, This guy's he's out of his mind, don't sell him a gun. Yeah. And then we send that guy in like a week or two later. They remembered. 
They didn't sell him a firearm. Okay. And then we went in and told him what we were doing. That, hey, we just wanted to see. So it was like a little study. Yeah, it was like a little study to see if somebody says something, and as just like President Trump had said on there, you see something, say something, you know, and that that goes for everything. It, it, it's not just terrorism. It's not just you know someone driving drunk. It's not just someone who may be mental yeah well, i mean like my, my daughter's a freshman in high school okay and after the shooting after this most recent school shooting down in florida there were apparently uh four children they're children they're in mm-hmm. high school sure you know they, they think they're, they're adults but they're children no they're kids yeah. and and they were talking about the shooting and saying oh well this is how we would do it if it was here and what did they say did i mean because i haven't I, really got to talk i haven't read the police report i don't know exactly what happened oh, okay. okay so i i heard this from from my ex-wife oh she okay. sent me the report that that the school had sent all the parents oh so okay. she forwarded that to me so so these four kids had apparently talked about this some other ch- child overheard them went and talked to the principal oh, some and vice kids principal that were actually some, thinking about no, doing no, something they weren't even thinking about it who knows they were just Talking. talking about okay. it, saying, hey, if there was a school shooting here, this is how we would do it. This is how it would be effective. This oh, I is see this what you're that. saying. Who knows what right. really happened? But guess what happened? Like, the the two, there was two boys and two girls. The the two girls got visited by police officers, and the two boys got arrested because they were the ones doing most of the talking. The girls were just kind of there overhearing the conversation, but they were involved with it nonetheless. You know, so We don't so, know what they said. or So or police came were. in, bloody arrested them. Wow. You know, they said, hey, this isn't okay. You can't even joke about this. It is not okay. Yeah, that's see, and that's I was thinking, and and we we do a course on this about comprehending what you hear, what you see, because originally when you started saying that, I was thinking that oh, these kids were actually going to do something no, no. to the school. Most likely, and, they were never going to do anything. Right. They were just having a conversation, a conversation of what would but happen. It was an inappropriate conversation, and someone overheard it. And guess what? Okay. They needed to have a but, talk with authorities. Now, let me ask you something. Why why would they feel that it's inappropriate that if that happened here, this is what we would do? Well, they weren't it, talking about it as a defensive situation of okay. of us. We need to survive. Yeah, I'd love and get to out see that this. report. Well, I, yeah. I, like I've not seen it either. Right, I, right. I, all I've heard is just hey, this quick thing. These people got arrested. They were talking. Right. I don't know if any charges were filed. I don't right. know. I don't know if they were just where they were released. They were saying, hey guys, right. Don't fucking joke about this. Don't say that. Well, it's you would not come in and shoot matter. it up doing this. Like that right. is not okay. Yeah, that's not okay. Yeah. And I agree with you. That's but I, not okay. I don't have all the information, so I don't know. But. It's it's good to see that the school is actually doing something, saying, "Hey, yeah, absolutely, no, this is not okay, guys. You can't even joke about this." It's, right? You know, you hear people like putting on social media, "Oh, they're going to bomb the school and they're going to do this and that." And it's like, "Oh, Jesus, are we really the stupid kids? Like, do you need attention this bad in right. your life? Right? Do you have to joke about these horrific things about murdering your classmates? Right? No, <laughs> it, it, that that's something. And again, that I truly believe that with the students out doing what they are doing from Parkland. I think that may actually help kids that it doesn't matter who it is, if it's a jock, if it's popular kids or whatever, if they say something like that, maybe the, even the unpopular kids will go and say, Hey, look, this is what I've heard. You need to look, look into it. Yeah. Um, maybe not. No, no, I don't know exactly what's going on. So what's going on with the kids from, uh, uh, from Parkland? I actually was five minutes east of where that actually happened when it was happening. I was on 95 heading down to South Florida uh, for a boat show and some other uh, training that that we do every year when we go down, the uh, traffic was horrific. And I normally time when I'm driving so that I don't hit the traffic. So I'm I'm complaining about it, this, that, and the other. And I have a buddy of mine call me and say, hey, are you in Florida yet? He's from Detroit. He actually, his name's Todd Coburn. He owns a company called Ubiquitous Networks. He takes care of all of our our website. Okay. And uh, 
Anyhow, he goes, are you in Florida yet? And I'm like, hey, I'm stuck in traffic. I don't, I can't even believe that I, I timed it so poorly because I've been through here this time, you know, for the last 10 years and it's never been this bad. He goes, we go, where are you at? And I said, well, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm close to Lauderdale. Um, and I, I told him the mile marker number. He goes, yeah, he goes, you're right close to where there's a school shooting in Parkland, Florida. And I'm like, you're kidding me. And so I got off the phone with him and I turned the, the news the radio on. on. Yeah. And uh, heard everything that was going on. And then it, it was, I mean, it was like somebody timed it. All of a sudden on the other side, you see all these cruisers and you see a SWAT van and, and a couple other vehicles coming through, you know, making their way through the traffic to yeah. get where they needed to go. So it was, it was kind of scary. But the kids, I mean, within. Within 24, 48 hours after this happened, you had a group of students that experienced it all and uh, were completely upset that this should not happen. I've lost my friends. And they started a movement now um, where they went to Tallahassee to the state capitol and they want them to do something now. They, you know, that this shouldn't be happening. And and they're right. It shouldn't be happening. Absolutely. And the kids should be safe at school. Absolutely. And so they're, they're, like I said, their emotions and some of the stuff that when they had their opportunity to speak, instead of talking about their story, it was almost like they were scripted to say guns are bad. This is that. This no one should have of this. Course. No one should have that. And the, the, the real and, thing that I have to ask the question there is who's coaching them along these lines? Right. Is it just the media? Because the media has that out there loud and clear. Well, even that, I don't know if you saw it where uh, one of the kids who who doesn't want people lose their rights to firearms, but he said something needs to be done. What, you know, what I don't know, but something needs to be done. And if you talk to 99% of legal law-abiding citizens that that are okay with AR-15s and you say, hey, now to own an AR-15, we need to do this type of background check or we need to do this, this, and this before you get your AR-15 or there needs to be like in the pistols. If, if you buy a pistol and they do a background check and there's a red flag, you have a cool-off period. Yeah, you have a waiting period. Yeah, you have a waiting period. I don't believe in my heart of hearts that anybody would say, oh, you're taking away my rights. Now, if you think that that's going to curb people getting into the wrong hands or ARs getting into the wrong hands, I don't think anybody would care. Just don't tell me what I am and am not allowed to own. Does that make sense? Well, yes and no. But the problem that I have with that, again, it goes back to uneducated people. Correct. So now now you've got lawmakers who are going to decide what the background checks need to be, the waiting periods, and all these kind of things, and they have zero clue about what's actually going on. Right. So then it becomes like a pissing match of like who who has the power, and like oh well, I have all the power, and you you can't do this, and oh now well you're you're marked as a terrorist by our government because you're this and that, so you can't have anything. No, and that's where they need to be educated. That's my that becomes the problem. So like the issue that I like that I have with all of that, especially a great example is the the concealed handgun license here in Ohio, Mm -hmm. like the the CCWs, everyone calls it. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that is a, what, a 10-year-old hunter safety course from the NRA. It is absolutely ridiculous. And I've got a bunch of friends who kind of, they know me as the gun guy. I shoot competitions. I have fun. Right. I I like like firearms. I'll I'll take anybody out who's new to shoot. I I want someone to understand what they're doing to be safe, to have fun, to have a good experience, you know, into firearms. Because they're a lot of fun if you're used properly. But they're very dangerous. If they're they're improper. Yeah, absolutely. 
So back to this great example. So now we have a bunch of lawmakers who don't know what the hell they're doing. Right. Who create this, you know, 10-year-old hunter safety course. And now if you pass that, you get to carry a concealed weapon on your person. Like, this is Correct. ridiculous. No, I agree 100%. And, and did you go through our CHL course? Or no, did you go, uh, I had it before. You had it before. I've been through level one pistol with you oh, guys. Oh, that's right. And okay. Classes and yeah, our CHL is so far above absolutely. and beyond the, the, what the state mandates. And, and we've had people that have actually gone through a, a CHL course and it, back when it was a 12 hour course, it's now an eight hour course, which we weren't happy about that because even the 12 hour course, it was like shoving 10 pounds of shit into a five pound bag. Yeah. It's a whole lot of stuff it, they're going over it, and you're it, just falling asleep half the time. It's absolutely. Ridiculous. Absolutely. So then they took four hours away from us. We're down to an eight hour course, but we've actually had people that didn't uh, renew their license in the proper amount of time. So they actually had to go through it again to be able to carry. And we've got students that have come through our courses that went through someone else's. They're like, God, we didn't do any of this stuff in, in the last CHL course we took. And so I picked their brain, like, what are you talking about? Well, we learned how to clean our firearms. And to me, that drives me nuts because what in the hell are you going to do if you get into a gunfight? Hey, well, hang on a second. Let me pull this apart and make sure that I cleaned it correctly <laughs> before we do this. Yeah. Uh, it has no bearing on anything that has to do with a gunfight. And Absolutely. we actually put people um, on notice as soon as we start talking to them in our CHL classes saying, this class, no way, shape, or form prepares you for a gunfight. I have, a, I have a bunch of friends who get their CCWs and or concealed right. handgun license. They get all excited. And so, that's, that's great. But you need to go back and take a real class. Like, it's time yeah, to absolutely. actually get educated now. Absolutely. Which is why... When I talk to people, normally I send them to people like you, sure, who actually teach like a real handgun class, and it's not just the bullshit NRA safety course, right? Yeah, we actually did last last year, 2017 summer. We actually had ten people that started out with their CHL, and as we tell everyone that, hey, this doesn't prepare you for a gunfight in any way. Please, whether it's with us or someone else, take more training, absolutely, because it is a perishable skill. And you have to train all the time. When you get your CHL, it actually changes your lifestyle. Because if you plan to carry, you have to be prepared to use that. You have to have the mindset to do that where loss of life may happen, whether it's the bad guy or you. Yeah. Um, you have to be prepared for that. So we had this group that started with a CHL, and they went all the way through level three pistol. And uh, it was amazing to see how these people evolved every time they came back for the next course. They were getting better, stronger, more confident, and they they changed their life. And that, to me, is what it takes if you're going to carry a firearm. Well, it's, it's like anything else. It, it takes training. Like you, you start your job on the first day, you don't know what the hell you're doing. It Correct. takes you a couple months to get proficient, and you learn. You kind of go through. The firearms are no different. No different. I agree 100% with you. And, and you know, that's one of the things. Like a real close friend of mine just retired from uh, Wayne County Sheriff's Department. He gets really upset about people not training, especially his own guys. Uh, he talked about, he goes, I never had time. With his job, he didn't have time with what he did for the sheriff's department. He would qualify once a year. Now, he's kind of an anomaly, but he also shoots when he's at home. He he trains, uh, basically self-trains where he'll go out and he'll run several rounds just to continue, you know, good grip, good well, yeah, I mean, you, you can do a lot absolutely. of good stuff on your at a range with a, a box of ammo, with yeah, 50 rounds. Absolutely. That's all you need. Absolutely, as long if as you're, you're doing the that, right stuff. Correct. Whereas I know most, I, I took a friend shooting 
a couple months ago, mm-hmm. and he just loaded up his mags full and just blew through them. And I'm like, "What are you doing? Like, okay, well, let's let's do some specific <laughs> stuff. Let's do some training. Let's, right. let's try some different things." And it's like that was a lot more fun. Like, yeah, and you're getting good stuff in. You're getting good training in. Sure, absolutely. And I, I like a couple of the students that I'm, I'm talking about. They'll consistently once a week or even twice a week they'll send me photos of their target they tell me what they did that i i shot 25 rounds from high ready i shot 25 rounds from the draw you know so to me that's that's as an instructor that's exciting because a lot of times people will come out to do something what you say kind of goes and i know i'm i'm guilty of this because before i started really learning I thought I knew what I was doing. Yeah. Well, we all, do, we yeah, all do, right? Yeah, it's a testosterone level. I've been level. shooting for a while. I know yeah, what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. And what was so funny about that is the more training I went through, I would see the same guys that were going through the training before with me. They were getting better. I was still good, but I wasn't getting better. Or you weren't improving. I wasn't improving. So I started watching and listening more to the instructors, started applying what they were asking me to apply. And I start getting better. Amazing how that works. It's amazing how that works. So, you know, that's one of the things that we talk about, especially when we do training. We're going to Michigan uh, middle of May to do a course for the Michigan Tactical Officer Association. We're doing an M4 operator course with transitional shooting. Now, now what's an M4 for most people? The AR platform. It's an AR AR platform rifle. Correct. And we're going to do quite a bit of work with them. Uh, The transitional shooting is where if I have a malfunction – in my rifle, which will be my primary weapon, how do I transition from that to my pistol? Which would be like a secondary weapon. Correct. The pistol is always secondary weapon, although for most law enforcement, it's primary weapon. Well, most of them, it's hopefully to fight back to their car to get something Correct. bigger, which but, is what and, they have there. Right. And people don't understand that, that, that that's really, truly what their pistol was for, is to fight to get their primary weapon. Yeah. Um, so anyhow, we're going up there to do, uh, to do a course, um, as well, and <laughs> I lost my train of thought. No, you're fine because <laughs> that, that, that kind of stuff happens when we start talking about all these kind of different yeah, things. Different. Everything just kind of pops in your head. So, but, well, I hate to do this to you, but I got to hop this off here because I, I got to go and actually go build an AR. So, I'm actually pretty excited. Oh my gosh. So, I'm going to offend gonna, so many people. I'm going to go build one of these weapons <laughs> that no one should ever have. And oh my goodness. But, well, I I'm appreciate you. Appreciate you bringing me in. I hope, oh, uh, hope to come you're back. You're very welcome because we're going to do this back a, a lot uh, more because it's, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Absolutely. Uh, where where can people go to find out more about uh, your company and what you do? Within the next few weeks, we have a whole new website that's going to be launched. So that will be uh, www.ioftwtg.com. We actually opened a retail, or I'm, I'm sorry, we're getting ready to open our retail store uh, at 426 East Liberty Street in Worcester, Ohio. Uh, phone number is uh, 330-601-0488. That is our actual landline. And then, of course, uh, stop in and see us. Are you guys uh, up on social media? Yeah, I'm not sure what our hashtags are or what our, our Instagram is, but uh, I'm still learning about that stuff because okay. I'm well, kind of old school. But next time we'll have that. Yeah. Or we can always put that always in the show notes later. So. Sure, sure. So, Jeff, I appreciate it. All right, man. And uh, we'll talk to you again yeah, soon. It was great to see you, brother. All right. Well, that wraps up another episode. Sorry, things were so short. We had to cut things off. You know, we were kind of getting into a groove, getting going there. But I think there's still a lot of good information there. And I think there's definitely a lot more 
to be talked about on this subject. It's not like we covered everything today and kind of figured everything out. You know, we're, we're definitely not masterminds by any means. We're, we're just avid shooters, and he's he's been in the field forever, and he has a lot more experience than I do. So it was a lot of fun to have him on. So I've got some other podcasts kind of lined up on the way. I'm not exactly sure when I'm going to get to them. Uh, this, this has been a lot more work than I ever really thought it was going to be. But it's kind of been a lot of fun. It's been it's been a little humbling. It's been a little stressful, but we're gonna get those out as soon as we can here. And I'm gonna try to do some podcasts pretty regularly. And trying to do you know a couple a month. I don't think I'm gonna have time to really do one a week, unfortunately. So we'll try to just make up for them with some uh, better quality and some better guests and maybe some longer podcasts so that you guys have some more things to listen to while you're waiting for new episodes. So. Anyway, uh, I appreciate uh, all the listeners, if you guys are still out there, especially if you're still listening after all this uh, controversial stuff. So uh, I appreciate it. And like I said, we, we don't claim to have any answers. We just wanted to ramble about the thing and kind of give our opinions. You know, <laughs> Jeff is much more an expert than I am, but I'm certainly just a schmuck and I'm okay with that. But anyway, so we will talk to you guys next time. <laughs>